And it is Simcha Cohen with Nisim on Wednesday night. And we are here, live in the studio. We're live, right? We're, we're alive. We live. Baruch Hashem, we're alive. Yeah. I took my pulse. <laughs> <laughs> how are you, Nisim? Baruch Hashem, how are you, Dr. Chazda Hashem. Uh, you know what? With all the titles, Simcha is like my proudest title. Baruch Hashem. Only, all, always be Simcha. Baruch Hashem. And you know something? I was named after my grandmother. Moroccans, there's no such thing as a girl, as a boy was the name Simcha. Like, look, I am. But my, I was the last one in my family, and my grandmother's name was Simcha. So, Ruach HaKodesh. There's no question about it. Anyways, so I hope everybody had a really good week. Thank God it was a very eventful week. It was a good week. Baruch Hashem. We're, uh, we're, we're week, weeks of Shobavim. So this was Bo. Now it's Mishalach. These are really, really very important weeks. Because this is leading up to Yitzhak Mitzrayim, leading up to Matan Torah. These are like, this is when it all happened, you know? This is when it all happened. This is when we became a people. It all leads up to this. So, guys, girls, when you're sitting there, you're learning, you think what makes you who you are, this is when it happened. This is when Hashem gave us the Torah, which is where it all began. But anyways, um, you think about it. It's really, really... It's so hard to like believe it happened like thousands of years ago. It really feels like it happened just now. But um, and we're learning the same Torah. It's 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 crazy. It's like really crazy. But uh, that that's the whole. That's how Torah is alive. It keeps us alive. Anyways, school is now in the mid winter. Not midwinter vacation, but we're in the middle of the winter, and now we're going to go for a long stretch. Well, the Purim's not so far away. We have two Adars, so it's going to be a little bit, a little bit for a while. Okay, we have a caller. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, Shalom Aleichem, Reb Simcha. Shalom Aleichem. Who are we talking to? You'll guess. I'll tell you the story. You'll figure out who it is. Okay. You said your name is Simcha, named after a grandmother. Yes. So, you know, Ashkenazim usually don't do after the ones that are alive. That's true. But in Parshish Mishpatim, somebody was trying to give a name after somebody, a Jewish name. He didn't know what name to do. So he had one word he liked. It was Micha Shefa. says, Micha Shefa Right. So he called up his rabbi and asked him if he could give him the name, give the name to his daughter, Micha Shefa. Right. The rabbi said, you can't do it. Your shvigah is still alive. Oy vey. Well, at my Shabbos Shavu Brachas, some clown told me, a poor young Sephardi Bachar marrying an Ashkenazi girl, that my my father-in-law was a shver, and my mother-in-law was a zayr shver. And in my Shabbos Shavu Brachas, by day, I thanked my shver and my zayr shver. <laughs> okay, I was corrected pretty quickly, and I want you to know something. The crazy, my mother-in-law is the furthest thing from a Zayershver. She's 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 like the best in the world. But uh, it was just very funny. But uh, 
But anyways, very good, very good. But uh, the truth that that, that <laughs> but I am that that's my name. But I think the the Ruachim says names are given Ruach Hakodesh. That that's. But anyways, okay. Thank you for calling. Okay, call to us. Bye bye. How you're on the air? Laser Diamond. Laser Diamond. Someone got to be the first call before you. How are you, Tzadik? Okay, wherever it is, it is. Wherever I don't mix a different week. I don't care so much. I know you don't. That's what makes you a beautiful person. Do you have a good week? The question is asking why I'm so stressed. I'm just stump stressed. Why? I don't know. You know what? I heard from Rabbi Weinkrantz that the answer to stress is emuna. If we have emuna and Hashem, Hashem loves you, Hashem takes care of you, you don't have to worry. Let me ask you a question. Is, 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 it makes sense when, a, when, a, when, the, when, a, when there's a snow, big snow, people get stressed. I don't know. I grew up in a place where there was tons of snow. And when I mean tons of snow, there were snowstorms that were sometimes two feet, and then a week later, another two feet. There's one time I remember there were three consecutive snowstorms. You couldn't see the no parking signs. I know that, but uh, another thing is... We survived. Here in Brooklyn, a couple of snow, one, two, three, is gone a week, and that's it. Yeah, we survived. Snow's, listen, snow's only frozen rain. Who says it's going to be? Who says that Hashem can switch it around? Does it mean? Who knows? Yeah, but you have nothing Don't to worry, worry about. Don't worry. It will be okay. I know, because I, I was playing with that guy. I was so worried. I told him, don't worry. Once upon a time, day. you didn't have food. You know, you have to go to pick your food. Now everything's available. What are you worried about? You know, people people just go. I, I, I didn't know I'm such a famous guy. People... Uh, Say, oh, Laser Diamond, I hear you on the radio. Oh, yeah, Laser, you're, you're my man. Laser, you're my man. Laser, we got your letters, you know. Also, DJ Uda got your letter from you. Thank you. Yeah, I told you. No. And believe me. See, I just make Karas Listen, you know Karas Atoyev show? You know Karas You know what? Hakaras Atoyev, it's so interesting. I was thinking Hakaras Atoyev is the most, the most important mida that a person can have is Hakaras Atoyev. I know, but I'm writing to you also a letter. I'm working on it. Okay, I can't wait. Thank you. It means a lot. It means a lot, Laser. Hashem should give you long years and happy years. Okay. Okay. Hi, you're on the air. No, this is not a recorded show. We are live. Hi, you're on the air. Yeah, me? Yes, you. How are you doing? Um, Barajan. What's going on? Um... I want to ask you, every day I walk into the to the class, I mean, my teacher walks into class, whatever, at 3.30 when my rabbit leaves, and and he, he right away tells me, um, I see you want to go out of class. That's a terrible thing. That's a terrible thing. I can't imagine how horrible that feels. It's annoying and it's but, terrible, and, and the whole class starts laughing about it. You know what? You know what? When a teacher does that, it, it cuts you down before, before you even get started. So let me tell you something, Tzadik. I can't answer for that teacher. But I can tell you that the Rebbeinah Shalom doesn't feel that way. And your Rebbe certainly doesn't feel that way. And we all wake up every morning with a new shot and a new chance from Hashem. And so if this teacher, he evidently... You know, whatever it is about him, I don't know. Maybe he's 
Maybe he's a grumpy guy and he's upset that he has to come teach at 3 o'clock. But don't pay attention to that. And by the way, between you and me, if a teacher said that to me, I'd also not want to be in his classroom. Yeah, but during the day, he just... Hi, I don't know. You know what? Have you spoken to your parents about this? Yes, but what is, is and it? also and also he tells kids if you're not gonna behave I'm gonna I'm gonna treat you like I treat like like he treats me, whatever. I have to tell you this is a terrible feeling and it's a terrible thing. But I can tell you you'll survive. I can tell you you sound like you're a good kid. This is one teacher. Don't let this one teacher change your life. That's all I'm I have not, to tell you. This I teacher, had many teachers like this. I didn't let them change my life. So that's all. I would think, though, at the end of the day, what I could do to make things better, what is it that I'm doing that maybe uh, is inappropriate in class, and try not to do it. Try to make sure that you're doing what you need to do. And also, I have to tell you that this is a lesson in life that is a really important thing. And I know that a person has to try very hard to make sure that they develop a good reputation. And whatever this teacher thinks about you, it should motivate you. It should push you to try and get yourself a better reputation. And the way you do that is just by doing good things. I know, I know. It is, it's annoying, but you know what? Use the annoyance to motivate you to do something good. Someone, I had a teacher, I'm going to tell you, I had a teacher that told me that I was definitely going to fail the chemistry regions. He told me four weeks before the end of the year, he said, Cohen, you are definitely going to fail this regions, so you don't have, even have to come to regions review. I was so insulted, I felt so bad. I got up and I said, I'm going to pass this regents whether you like it or not. And he said, over my dead body. Now, I walked out of the classroom and I said, how could I make such a statement? I really didn't know chemistry. I was failing chemistry the whole year. How could I say I'm going to pass the regents? It's not possible for me to pass the regents. But you know what? I studied so hard. My parents wanted to take me to a doctor because they thought I was sick. They never saw me study like that. And I got a 65. And okay, that's better than nothing. But it, that was the best. I, I was like, I was shooting for a 20 before I started studying. But meanwhile, he tried to fail me. The principal didn't let him. But his statement to me, as mean and as terrible as it was, motivated me to prove him wrong. And it was a very big part of my life. I proved him wrong. I proved that I could pass. I actually got a 70, but he corrected it three times to see if he can get me down past 65. Principal didn't let him. But, you know, it motivated me. Well, but you need to be motivated. When a teacher says something like that to you, you need to be motivated to prove him wrong. Uh, that's also a big thing of life, trying to pass such a statement that a teacher makes that you you didn't have to take the test anyways because you're not going to pass. Right. But you know what? You te you prove this teacher wrong. You sound like a really smart kid. sound like a kid that cares. 
So you, this teacher in 10 years is going to be a, a nobody in your life. But make yourself a life and prove them wrong. You see, you become a successful Ben Tyra and a beautiful adult, and you'll have a life. All right, Sandy? Okay, thank you. Thanks for calling. Bye. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, my name is It's just so hard to hear you. Could you speak up? Am I on the air? Yeah, you are. Oh, my name is It's very hard to hear you. You might want to try not disguising your voice. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Hi, my name is Benjamin Um, I had trouble in school. Okay. What, what, What kind of trouble do you have? What? What kind of trouble are you having? In school. In school? How about how about at home? How, back? How, how, how about how about at home? Do you have trouble at home? No, I have trouble in school. Okay, s- school's only a part of your life. What what ha- what's happening in school? There's a kid. He's like giving me a bad look and tries to beat me up. He tries to beat you up. That's a serious problem. You need to involve an adult if that's the case. You need I to did, go. To, is, I did. Yeah. And what happened? I mean, for a few months, he didn't bother me. Then all of a sudden, a few for a few weeks, he started giving me a bad look. Okay, I don't know if I would pay attention to the bad look, but I think that I think that two things. First of all, you need to know that school is a safe place. And there are a lot of adults there, and no person, not a child or an adult, should make you feel so scared in school that you're not safe. You have to go to an adult, you have to tell them that you're being scared and you're frightened by this person. And if the person is giving you a bad look, a look is a look. But has the person threatened you in any way? What will happen if he starts punching me in the stomach? Well, you got to tell somebody because that's something that has to be stopped. First of all, you need to tell him, you're not allowed to touch me. Get away from me. And if he doesn't listen, then you need to go to an adult. This kid is 10 times stronger than me. So then you got to go to an adult. And, and he needs to hear from an adult that that's not allowed. And if he And if he doesn't hear it, then your parents need to go to the principal and somebody needs... You can't go to school every day being afraid of this. That's impossible. No. Now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to... Is there a pick an adult, somebody that you trust in school that is not going to go hysterical and create a whole big to-do? Is there an adult in school that you can trust like that? Is yeah. There, yeah, there is? There's a few people. Okay. Pick one of them and go to them and tell them about this problem and ask them to help you. Okay? Okay. I want you to call me up next week and tell me how it went. Because if it didn't work, then we need to do something else. But it's impossible for you to be in school and have to go through this, okay? Okay. Okay? Thank you. Okay, so I'm waiting for your call next week. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye.
No kid should ever feel unsafe in school. And every kid listening to this radio show needs to know that that's not something that you should just forget about and look away from. School is your place to go learn. It's your place to grow. It's your place to develop. It's your place to become a human being, an adult, to learn Torah, to learn English. If you're not feeling safe, you won't be able to do that. And you must, must involve the adults for many reasons, but mostly because you are not, you, you're not supposed to go through this. And adults will help you. I was principal of a school. And I never made a big to-do about things, but I helped kids like this. I actually had a kid walk over to me around four years ago and told me that I saved his life. I didn't know what he, what he was talking about. And he told me how I had intervened once on a bullying situation, and it stopped something that was going on for around four months. I had no idea how serious it was. But you know what? You need to ask for help. You need to ask for help. And that same, even if an adult is bothering you, you have to ask for help. That's what school is about. I think any environment, it's all about, you know, that the kids, anyone, and I, I spoke with, with Rabbi Yossi Mizrahi yesterday about vulnerability, you know, that the people can be, you know, you think that sometimes you trust person and in the end it's become disaster, you know. Right. It's something that kids and adults and to understand that don't be so vulnerable you know right just taking you know big sometimes be cautious you know sometimes you know unfortunately that uh, it's happened any any society and and the Torah teaches us that we have to stand up for ourselves that we we, we, we shouldn't be not to be aggressive but we're not allowed we're not allowed to to let the, anybody take advantage of us. That's, That's right. That's right. Okay. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hi, how Whenever she does something, she makes us do another, like, five pages in a workbook, and we Aye. end up doing, like, 20 pages. Aye. And then she makes us take away time from our lunch because she wants us to do more work. And, we do, and, and it's, we, be, it's because of this one girl that makes trouble? Um, sometimes. Usually, usually she when she stops making trouble, since... Like since the first few weeks, she did make trouble, and when she stopped making trouble, she, she still she was still mad at her. The, for the first two weeks, she was making trouble, so she it's like the same exact thing when she does make trouble. Ah, uh-huh. so she gives a lot of extra work, and you end up missing your lunch. Most of it. Right, that's not good. Um, does the teacher know what the schedule is? Yes, because she, because she worked she works with a lot of different grades. Ah, uh-huh. so what grade, do you mind if I ask what grade you're in? What? 
Do you mind if I ask what grade you're in? I'm third grade. Okay. So you need your lunch. I think I would discuss this with my parents and tell them and see if they can find out if there's more to the story. Maybe there's a different schedule on Friday that you don't know about. Maybe there's a shorter lunch. But I think that, you know, ask your parents the next PTA or even beforehand to call up and find out why this is happening. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a okay question to ask. That, you know what? My kid needs I, to eat lunch. I did ask my, my mother. I spoke to her, and my mother's a teacher in high school, and she knows... And she knows like a lot about because she teaches in my school. Ah, so what did your mother say? It's like she, and also my teacher was her student, and she says there's nothing to do. Nothing to do. She well, knows she could. She, she just thinks to do, but she can't do. She can't do. What are the things to do? She could just call up the school, but I don't know what the school could do. Because she worked for in my school for a lot of years, and they just won't and um, do anything about it. And also, my English teacher is like sort of the same. Uh huh. So if it seems to be such a difficult situation, then how hard do you think it will be for you to adjust to this situation? What does that mean? Okay, that's <laughs> you know what. You're a beautiful kid. Your honesty is so refreshing. I, I love that. Thank you so much. Sometimes I might say something that the person doesn't understand. Thank you for telling me you didn't understand my question. What that means is, how difficult do you think it would be to get used to it? Let me explain. Sometimes it's easier to get used to something than to go through all the effort to change it. So... Say to myself, I'll live with the less lunch rather than to go through the whole pain in the neck of creating a whole situation to try and change something which I don't even know if I'm going to be able to change anyways. And also, last year she was my teacher's assistant, and we, and we used to do something that we always just did. You, um, she always just thought she should say, dress up. And she always used to say that, she used to lie, and she still does it. And no one believes her, but she seems to believe. And she just but you know what? Does. You know what? I'm not so comfortable talking about a teacher like that. I'd rather just talk about the situation and what to do about it. Because, you know, this that's not something that right now is... The problem we have now is that you're getting your lunch taken away. And I want to talk about that. The rest of this stuff is... is it's too much to get into. Right now, I just want to say that it might be easier to adjust yourself, to get used to it and deal with it, rather than to make such a big deal out of it. Because the year's half done anyways. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Does it make sense to you? Yeah. Okay. Thank you for calling, though. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye. Hi, you're on the air. Hello? Hi there. Yeah, um, like today my teacher, he like switched the sheet, seats around, and then like they switched my seat somewhere, and all the kids who were sitting like even like three seats away, they started going like, boo, no, I don't want them sitting next to me, no way, no, tell the teacher you don't want to switch with them, no. Oh, you may. I feel so bad for those, for those kids. 
they're gonna they're gonna get punished for that. Hashem doesn't approve of that. I feel so bad for them. They think they're doing something silly and stupid. Meanwhile, they're doing a vera that's probably much bigger than they can handle. I think that you should. I think that kids can be mean, and I think that I, I feel terrible. I'm sure it felt very embarrassing. I feel bad for the for the really really dumb kids that did that. I won't worry about it though, because as long as you're not doing that to someone else, you're like eons ahead of them. Really. And also, like, these kids, they also, like, they bother me and they embarrass me and imitate me. I, so I think, first of all, I would open up my mouth to them and say, you can't do that. That's not nice. I do, but it's like, like there's a million, there's, like, almost all the kids in my class, or, like, all the kids who play various sports very, very well and do nothing else but play sports, only those kids. So, like, one kid, even if I give a good answer, they're still going to, like, like, have an answer because, like, one kid who's, going to be quiet the whole time. He'll think of an answer the entire time, and I'll have one. Aye. Also, you can't even hear me because they're talking so loud. Aye. So it sounds like you have a group of bullies. Yeah. All right. So how many kids in your class? 20, including me. Including you. And how many kids are in that group? Like six. Okay. So what's with the other 14 kids? Well, one of them is me, and the other 13, I don't know. Do they get do they get victimized? Do they get victimized also? No. Do they see you being victimized? Well, yeah. And do they just stand by and let it happen? No, one kid he actually told the teacher on on that they actually do, but like it wasn't so bad, so I would try and get some friends together and hang out with those friends and, and keep them around you for moral support. And then if they start saying things to you, I would turn to them and say, you can't do that. You think you can, you think you just talk to me however you want to talk to me? You can't do that. But like, I'm like physically stronger than all of them, so I don't need no moral support or anything. But it's like, just like, and like, also like, they one kid, he but, has a bowl, but and nobody else in my class has a bowl. And like, they play with all the best kids, like against the other class, so we can't play. And the other kid, one kid, he's in charge, like the class king. He always says, like, like, um, um, yeah. By the way, yeah, he doesn't have any split up. But if always. you, but if you're telling me that you're bigger than them, and you're stronger than, them, you don't need moral support. But I don't understand something. Well, um, you, you're not going to beat them up, and you're not going to bully them. So what? What is? But, and and it's evidently bothering you. So moral support is something that you do need, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with having moral support. We all need it. It's not shameful. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. There's strength in numbers. In fact, is besides that, think about the way the school is run. You have a school, and you have three kids, six kids, even one kid that's causing a destruction in this classroom and making people feel bad and giving the class a bad reputation. You think the school wants that? Not on your life. To get a reputation of having a school like that? That's ridiculous. Also, since these kids like the class kings, like almost all the kids in my class, like they're afraid. Only like one kid didn't actually say it, but like 
he's usually never there, and he's like a wild kid, and he'll always like get into problems and he'll but like, if, but if, with them. But if five kids stand up together and say, you got to stop. Yeah, but they're afraid of those kids. Yeah, but you know what? If you have a group of kids together, then they, they realize that they have a larger number. Yeah, but nobody wants to get on someone on those kids' bad side. I don't know if you, I didn't say you should get on the bad side. I think they're approaching somebody and saying, "Could you stop it? It's not nice." Nobody appreciates them, and then like they imitate me, or like they make a weird face at me. Well, weird face—that's their problem because it's stuck to their head. That's their problem. But, but the fact is that if you have people that will support you, and even not it doesn't even have to be about you. But we'll tell yeah, these. Yeah, nobody would support me. Nobody in my class would do such a thing. But it doesn't have to be you. It has to be the fact that this is not acceptable. Nobody likes to have a class with a bunch of bullies. Well, it's only me, so they don't really care. I don't believe that. Bullies are not, they don't discriminate. If it's only you, I'm sure that a lot of the other kids are also being bullied. No, I know that's not true. The kids in our class, they don't get bullied. Only me. Then I think that if that's the case, you need to speak to your parents and get the principal involved. You sound very smart and very confident. I don't know uh, why you're so worried about it. I think that you should, if it's such a big deal... I don't like the feeling of walking around all day and having some kids go around, bully me and like, Making faces at me well, and laughing so, so, at me behind my back and everything. So you could do something about it. So you, you're, you're smart enough to talk like this on the radio and you talk, as Nisim said, very confident. So do something about it. Turn around and tell him, you better stop or I'll do something about it. Clean up the well, mess. They, they all know, but like, then like, I, I, I threaten them and like my, my, my hands. And, like, and I wouldn't like, threaten like, them with my hands. I wouldn't threaten them with my hands because that's something you can't do. You're not going to beat them up. You're going to get in trouble yourself. Threaten them with something bigger than your hands. Say, guess what? You can't do this. There are laws against this. You need to stop. And if you don't stop, I'm not afraid to take it to higher authorities. That's all. Get yeah, lost. The only problem with bringing it to higher authorities is it's never going to have the desired effect that I want it to have. And what's the effect you want it to have? I teach them a real lesson that they'll never ever do such a thing like that again. Okay, so that's and a bullet. That, that's a. And they'll be quiet. They'll lay it off for two weeks. So that, and that, then like they'll go right back. So so the thing is like this. So and how do you propose such a lesson being taught? Well, if I could give it, I would beat them up. Okay, so you're so so, so so you're a bully too. So you're a bully too. So you so you're so you're a bully too. So in other words, Why you're not. Because your only answer is to use violence. You're not losing your brain. So you I know what? It, it's never going to work against such a huge number. Uh, okay, you're right. I, I agree with you. If you say it's never going to work, it's never going to work. It's, you yourself said that, like, you determine your own destiny. I gave you very good recommendations that I know work because I have a lot of experience. You've decided it's not going to work. So I honestly am telling you, it makes me sad to say so, that if you are convinced that it's not going to work and that's your, that's your conclusion, then I think you're right. It's not going to work. And, and I think you should take suggestions of handling it differently. But if this is the only way you could think about it is confrontation and to bully them into stopping 
then the situation is not going to get better. I think I want you to think before you answer. I want you to think about what I said, and think about maybe ask someone or two whether they think that my approach is a reasonable approach. And you will probably, if you're asking intelligent people, hear that I'm right. I know you're in pain. I know it bothers you. But the answer is not to take the approach that they that they are taking. That of using physical force or aggression, it's not going to work. You need to take care of yourself. Make sure you do the right thing, and just move forward without with, without getting yourself stuck in their mess. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks for calling. You're welcome. Goodbye. Hi, you're on the air. Hello? Hi. Hi. Um, I happen to hate math, and I can't learn math. My teacher wants to help me. I just don't get along with it. So I'm going to tell you a story, Tzadik. I grew up my whole life with the understanding that I couldn't learn math. Okay? I failed math my entire life. When I applied for doctorate school... I specifically applied to programs that didn't teach a lot of math. And when I was in taking statistics in university, which is graduate school, I got tutored in math. And I am not good at math. However, I'm saying it different now than I did then. I used to say I can't do math. Now I say I'm not good at it. And if I would have told myself I wasn't good at it then, then my approach probably would have been different. How old are you? Twelve. Twelve. So listen here, my very mature 12-year-old. Math is probably difficult for you, which to some people it is. For me, it's a killer. But you could do it. It may not be your star subject. Whoop-dee-doo. Who cares? But never tell yourself you can't do anything. Know that you could do it to whatever degree you could do it, and it's not the end of the world. And frankly speaking, if everybody needed so badly to do math, then why would anybody ever invent a calculator? Apparently, you're not the only person that had trouble with numbers, and some genius who had trouble with numbers decided to invent a calculator. So you'll get by. Some people have right brain some people use the left brain. As long as you have the ability to, to do well in other areas, you'll serve. All right? Okay. All right? And I still can't do math. But it's not genetic because my son got 100 on his trig regions that he didn't even study. So I have no idea where he got. Well, my wife is very good at math. But it's okay. So I married someone that's good at math. So... Hashem, I wish upon you a shidduch with a mathematician. <laughs> okay? Okay. Thanks for calling. Don't let it ruin your day. Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Hi, you're on the air. Hi. Hello. Anybody home? Hello. Hi. Goodbye. <laughs> Took too long. Hi, you're on the air. Yeah, hello. How you doing? Um... I have a kid in my class that is very popular, and he's on top of the class. But he acts to certain people in certain ways, and the way he acts to me 
is very uncomfortable to me. And I have a friend of mine that's very close with him. And today we were out in the park. It was very nice weather. We were walking to the water and we were speaking about something. Sadik, Sadik, one second. Pause for one second. You're very unclear. Are you on a cordless phone? What? You're very unclear. Are you on a cordless phone? Uh, yes. Okay, so go closer to the base because when you get far away from... Okay. Okay, so go back. So you have a friend who's very close to him. I have a friend who's very close to him. And... And we were we were walking in the park today by the water. We were speaking about trust, whatever. And and whatever, I I suddenly whatever something came up and I got embarrassed. I know. And and my friend that's close with the the friend that's not acting nice called called me up and apologized to me for you know embarrassing me. Wow. So, um, and we called, he, my friend wanted to know what to, you know, what to do to fix this. So he made a three-way, me and the friend that doesn't act nice. Because that friend also embarrassed me. That's not really my friend, but well, I, I speak to him. So, so that, my, that, that, that kid that doesn't act nice picks up. He and that my close friend, close with that that kid, tells him whatever he wants to fix it and he, he wants to know how to. And that kid just says, "So what should I do? I don't care." Mm. And 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 it's very not nice and so and it gets into my feelings. It gets into my heart. I feel terrible. I feel so terrible. But I want you to know two things. First of all. It's a terrible feeling when someone says, I don't care. I think the most damaging words that someone could say is, I don't care. I think that that's the most damaging thing that someone could say. And and I, I think that there's there's nothing nothing that's more hurtful um, because you do care. And when someone says they don't care, it's a terrible, terrible thing. I think, though, on the flip side, I think that if you if you realize that you have a good friend that's willing to really apologize and cares about you and is even willing to call this third friend and try and include him in, that's a very that's a very big thing, and that's a very big gift to have that in life. So on the one side, I get the fact that this other kid makes you feel bad, but I'm listening and I'm saying you should feel very good that you have this other friend that really cares so much about you. Mm -hmm. So and his other friend told me that he even wants to know how he can fix this problem, that he shouldn't come to such a thing to, to embarrass me or do such a thing again. Well, I think that that's a very big gift to have such a friend. And the other person, you know what? I'm sure you're not the only person in his life he's going to have difficulties with. And you'll you'll move on and you'll you sound like a sensitive caring person who probably will have a lot of good friends. And I have Rahmanis on this other guy. This you know, the easiest thing when someone accuses you of something, 
The easiest thing is to say, well, I don't care. So what am I supposed to do about it? Well, guess what? There's no situation in the Torah that we have from Hashem that we can say, what am I supposed to do about it? Hashem gives us an answer on how to handle everything. But it's the easiest thing to say also, call me whenever you need help. But when that person really needs help, you call him and he, and he says, and what should he do now? Well, listen, you know what? I'm not getting into that guy's head because I don't know where he's at. I need to be in your head and to tell you not to feel bad and to tell you that you're very lucky that you have a good friend. And and I think I would always remember what this good guy did for you. That's very, it's very important. And you know that someone has your back. That's a great thing. That's a great thing, okay? Okay. Okay. Thanks for calling. What? Hi, you're on the air. Hello? Hi. Hi, so there's like, there's like, there's like this girl on my bus. She's younger than me. And and then there's like this this girl that she's one year older. And then there's like a girl that's, that's like her sister that's older. Mm-hmm. So they do a, a very not appropriate things to to the girl and and even though it's not happening to me, I really feel bad. And when when her mother called the principal, um, the principal said the the family um, that she can't do anything about it because her, her mother thinks that her children are angels and that her children don't do anything wrong. Wow. Um, three questions. How old is this little girl? She's in third grade. And. How old are the older girls? So one of the older girls is in eighth grade, and her her mother, the the third grader's mother, works in the school, and she's an eighth grade teacher. So she knows the girl that that does things to her, and and, and they go on, and, and and this is when they're riding on the bus. So, so I told my mother, "What would you do if it was happening to me?" And she said she would call the mother and say, "This is not appropriate, and if this happens one more time, then." And she's gonna have to do something. And then um, I told my friend, the, the the third grader, that she should tell her mother to do that. But well, I, uh, I would, her mother, she said that her mother does, was not gonna listen. Well, if if this was my child, if if you were my child, and you came to me with this question, I would pick up the phone myself and I would call up the mother of a third grader and tell her. This is something that's happening. I don't know how you want to handle it. Her mother it. knows what's happening to her. She told her, and her mother called the principal. And the principal said there's nothing to do about it? No. The, um, also, the mother's the, the teacher to the older girl. That's not appropriate. And she knows, like, the girl's very snobby and, like, everything. Yeah. So, the, so the authorities are involved? Yeah. So then it's that's the case. Then... You did your job. You did a good thing, and let's see what they how they handle it. I don't know. Let's you know the schools will deal. With no, if in a in another week or two you see that the school still hasn't done anything about it, then we could talk so about. I told the girl to stay away from the girl, but but it's the girl pretty, thinks she's it, very cute, so like she always wants to be with her. Uh huh. So it's like a two way sword, but. 
I think that let's see what the school does. If the school really knows about it, then I'm hoping the school will be smart enough to do something. Okay. Okay. Thank you for calling. Thank you for caring. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hi, you're on the air. How are you? How are you? Speak up. Okay. Hi. How are you? Okay, I'm in school. There's somebody in my class. Like, he has a game top down by recess. He plays a lot of people, but I do like he's playing me. And he always asks, no, not Toby. I, I, I'm so sorry. I didn't clearly understand what you were saying. Could you repeat it? Yeah. And by the way, there's somebody in class that tabs up and he, and he plays him up in my class. When I, uh, sometimes they ask him, don't play, they're like, no, not Toby. So they exclude you? What? So they're like excluding you? They're not letting you play? No, he's not letting me play. Uh huh. Yeah. So are there other kids in the class? No. I never heard him say no to anybody else in my okay, class. Okay, so he's got a problem. But are there other kids in the class you can play with? What? Are there other kids in the class you can play with? All right, so but you know I really what? Want my, 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 like, I'm never going to want it. Cause and sometimes, and sometimes, and not always. The guy sounds like he's got, I mean, do you ever ask him what his problem is? No. no. What, would, what do you think would happen if you asked him what his problem was? Huh? What do you think would happen if you said, hey, what's your problem? I never thought that. Aha. Uh-huh. Try it. Tell him in a nice way. What's your problem? What did I ever do to you? And when he can't come up with an answer, he may realize how foolish he is. All right? Okay. All right. Okay. Keep me posted. Let me know what happens. I want to tell you something. Um, I really... What's that? Um, and plus... But I want to tell you that that that, that um, um a few sh- a bus ago I I finished my I finished my stuff of the yellow. Really. Yeah. That's beautiful. Okay. Bye. Bye bye. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? Yeah. Um. I have a friend. That's not in my school. And yesterday, um, kids in her school called me up, and they told me um, that, that she's telling people that part of her family is very sick, and I don't know why. And I know it's not true, because I know a family. Right. Okay, somebody needs to notify her parents. How old is this girl? She's big. Okay, someone needs to notify her parents, because that's not a good sign. Right, so we let her parents know, but I want to know what I should do. I'm supposed to, what am I supposed to tell her? She tells me big stuff. Um, I would, I would, I, privately I would tell her, I know it's not true, and, and, and I'd rather you not talk to me about it because it's not true, but I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't 
uh, show her up in front of other people and say, and, you know, and and tell other people that she's that she's nuts. I, I would leave it to her parents to figure out how to help her. I know, but I think she believes it herself. So that's but why I'm saying. What she said. But that's why I'm saying, I wouldn't like try and prove her wrong because I don't know how where her reality is at. So for that reason, as long as her parents know that she's doing it and they are trying to help her with it, you need to like back off. And just... Yeah, I just not alone when she said fake stuff. Um, I'm sorry, can you ask that again? I, I missed it. When she says stuff that are not true, I should just nod along as if I believe her? I think that you should just pull away from her. Yeah, when she says it, you just don't believe her. But I wouldn't confront her with it. I would just say nothing. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I think if she's, if she's, if she has a reality issue and she thinks that these things are true, confronting it with her would not help. And I think that she's going to need a good friend when she works this through. So I think that that that's something that's important. She's going to need a good friend. So I should tell her something or I shouldn't. I, I think that you should if if she's if she's really believing it herself, then I don't know if I would confront her. I would avoid the subject. But make that sure that the, But make sure that adults in her family know that she's talking about this. Yeah, they do. Okay. And that that's where I would leave it. Mm, okay. Okay. Thank you for calling. Good luck. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, I called last week about um something with my principal about that, like with yes. the therapist. Yes. Yeah, I just wanted to tell you thank you so much. I spoke to him and we worked something out. I am so happy. Thank you so much for calling and telling me. I, I really appreciate when when people do that. That's great. And I'm so happy and you, and, and you should be successful and everything should be good. Okay, thank you. You got it. Okay, okay bye. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Yes. Yes, hi. Uh, basically, we had a cop what to say. Okay, hi, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Yeah, hi. Um, I used that Mr. Cohen's experience in, in my um, for bullies, if other kids bully others, I heard what Dr. Smucha Cohen said to others to do, and that's what I did, and it really helped me and other kids. I'm so happy. Thank you. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Thank you for calling. Hi, you're on the air. Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi, I'm not a child. You know, but I would like to answer the previous caller. I feel that that uh, kid needs a therapist, a therapist to talk. I, but I don't think it's a kid's position to make that decision, and I wouldn't put no, that response. No, it's not a kid's position. It's I, a parent's. Uh, I, so I so I did say, make sure that her parents know. Right. And I took the responsibility off this very sweet young kid. Mm-hmm. Who, 
and because she should not feel responsible to take care of this child's mental health. No, no, definitely not. And so, therefore, made sure that the child alerted appropriate adults and made sure that the appropriate adults knew this was going on, but then allowed the child the freedom to step back and not feel ownership because it could be very, very traumatic for a young girl to feel that they're responsible for another person's mental health. Right, right. So, I, okay. so we are in agreement, and I thank you for the call. Okay, thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. You know, Simcha? Yeah. We're almost in the end of the show. That's crazy. Wow. Oh. Marathon. <laughs> it's like the phone didn't stop. But it's really good questions. Really? Yeah. I want to tell, you know, the kids, you know, better with, with the teachers and their friends, you have to be, I think, a little bit forgiveness and give a little bit schut, listen to the other people. Many times, just give another time. And we say supplement, yeah. patience. And I'll tell you something. There's something that sits in my head 24-7. And it's something I learned from my mashkiach, and it's a Gemara Mefureshet, which means Torah Shabal Peh is Torah Emet. So it's, it's you know what Torah and Gemara Mefureshet means? That means when you put one chemical into another chemical, there's a reaction. Okay? Torah Mefureshet means if you do what this Gemara says, that will be the reaction. It's Mamela. It's like you stick your hand in water, you get wet. If you do this, the Gemara says, It's Gemara in Yoma. It says, if a person is ma'avir al midotav, he lets things go, then immediately they experience a Yom Kippur. And all the person's averot go. And sometimes I, I mumble under my breath those words. And I say to Hashem later on, Hashem, I need you to give me a shower. I, I deserve a shower right now. Because I was ma'avir midotai. And you do it once, you do it twice, you do it three times. Eventually, it becomes an addiction. I'm addicted to letting things go because the feeling afterwards is so powerful that I don't have to let it get to me. I rise above. And when you rise above, you feel like you're walking with Malachim. And they say in the Masechet Avot, Ezu HaGibor, who is the hero that he can control himself. And you, and you know something? You know something? It's the most powerful thing in the world. But bigger than that, it's also a chesed. Because if this person's making a mistake, the last thing in the world I would want is, Emet, it's for someone to go to Gehenna because of me. It's a chesed. I'm, I'm cleaning up their mess. By saying, don't worry. Then what I'm doing is I'm saving their life. I'm saving their life. A person's malbin me. It's happened once a person embarrassed me in front of public. So easy for me to just not be mochel. I legitimately justify. But when I'm mochel him, first of all, I shoot up. I'm doing the biggest chesed in the world. 
I'm, I'm saving this guy's soul. I want to say that uh, I said that uh, I got the biggest present, you know, in the minute that's happened to me, I said, it's a big present. Yeah. It's a big present. It's an opportunity. It's a real opportunity. Okay, this is Simcha Cohen signing out. Have Thank a great you. week, everybody.